Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome to Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast, the number one spirituality podcast on iTunes. My name is Emma Mumford and I'm your host. I'm the UK's leading law of attraction expert, award-winning life coach, two times best-selling author, manifestation YouTuber, speaker and badass spiritual queen. I'm here to help you awaken and turn your dream life into an abundant reality and help you create your positively wealthy life full of happiness, abundance, and joy. I do this through sharing the power of law of attraction and spirituality. I hope my podcast will inspire you to raise your game and start living your best life today. Without further ado, let's get started with this week's episode. Hey gorgeous souls and welcome back to another one of my Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast episodes. So today I really felt called to share with you a five-year update on being sober, being teetotal. And I'm actually really excited to share this because so many people, when they see me posting about alcohol-free alternatives online on my Instagram or, you know, they find out that I am sober, they're like, you know, what led you to this? What's your backstory? Why did you give up alcohol? How have you found it? And obviously recently I shared that this month here in June, it is five years since I last touched alcohol. Now I will say an exception to that because obviously there have been moments throughout the years where I've had a meal that has like red wine mixed in with like a gravy or like red wine mixed in with like a sauce. And obviously like I try to get 0% as often as I can, but I have eaten things and then realized afterwards, oh my God, there was like a red wine sauce in there or a red wine gravy. So obviously consciously drinking, I've been five years sober, but um, you know, there have been like situations where I've had something or eaten something and not realized that it had alcohol in. Now, I know a lot of the time, by the time they cook it, it's zero percent. Um, but just out of principle, I would rather not have it if I don't have to. So I try and not eat those things as much as possible, which sometimes is just impossible if you're eating out and 
you know, things are put in food and you don't even realize, right? But consciously giving up drinking has been five years now and I remember it so, so, so well. So let's go right back to the beginning. So obviously when I came of age, 18, and obviously like alcohol was legal, obviously I was drinking well under 18 with friends socially um, and things like that. But I don't ever think that I had, shall we say, a problem with it. It was never that I gave up because it was a problem or that I felt that it was unmanageable. It was simply the way it made me feel. So even way before I was spiritual in my teenage years, um, I would drink and just feel weird. And I would just feel like I would be a total lightweight. And it used to really give me bad indigestion when I would drink, especially fizzy drinks. So I never actually used to drink that much just because I would bloat out. I would feel so like gassy, like burpy, that I would literally have to stop after a couple of drinks anyway. Um, So there was never a point where I drank to an excess and blacked out or puked up, like nothing like that. Uh, my friends always used to joke how like I barely drank anyway which is actually really true so I wouldn't say that I necessarily was someone who had a really unhealthy relationship with alcohol or massively drunk it tons it was actually just a case of like even the small times I did drink it my body was like ah no we don't like this so I would always like listen to that and stop Um, but I think definitely like when I used to smoke when I was a teenager as well, I feel like it was definitely a social thing. Whereas like at home I could quite easily go without. Whereas, you know, in social situations, out with friends on the weekend, out on a Saturday night in town, obviously the peer pressure, the social pressure would absolutely be there. Um, and you know, I tried all sorts of drinks over the years. Um, and you know, like, you know, and did did enjoy that period of my life, definitely. But I guess like one moment of alcohol in my life that definitely when looking back, I question, I wonder like, I wonder if, well, I know it was suppressing stuff, but basically I remember when I was specifically working in the phone shop. So I was literally just turned 18, 19 by this point. And um, it was really hard work. It was really depressing and it was not a really positive work environment to be in, to be honest. So I remember coming home and drinking a glass of rosé every single night. And at first I didn't think that was a problem. And I didn't think that was a problem because my dad was also doing the same. Like my dad has had a very, I guess, full on relationship with alcohol over the years. Like I definitely wouldn't say alcoholic, but I would definitely say he's codependent on it. And me and my mum have always like, you know, had those conversations with him and he has given it up from time to time, cut back, etc. So, you know, that's his story. That's his side of things. But for me, witnessing a parent drinking every night gave me the permission to do it. Like, oh, I work now and I'm having a hard day at work. So I'm going to have a drink as well. So I definitely feel like seeing, because obviously I lived at home at that point with my parents, seeing my dad do that was almost like that permission slip for me to do it. Um, But apart from that period, I wouldn't say that anything was particularly excessive with drinking. It was more of a case of, I definitely used it to excuse myself with some toxic behaviors. So as I got a little bit older and probably mixed in with not 
the best kind of crowds. This was right before my spiritual awakening, once I got into my not so great relationships. Um, I definitely found that alcohol gave me the permission to be a dick, (laughs) um, quite frankly. And I didn't like who I was when I drank. Now, I wasn't drinking excessively, so I couldn't even like, I guess, blame myself for being so drunk that I didn't know what I was doing. I was fully aware of what I was doing. It was more of a case of the alcohol gave me permission to be a version of myself that I couldn't be sober, if that makes sense. And I guess I just didn't like the ego that came up when I would drink. And then as I spiritually awakened, obviously I would say I probably just naturally drank a little bit less, not necessarily consciously. It wasn't like a, I'm gonna give it up. It was just, I guess, a natural kind of purging. And basically what then led to this whole epiphany of wanting to become sober was when I was attuned to my Reiki attunement. So back in 2018, when I gave up alcohol for good, I was in, again, a really, really not great relationship at that point. And again, when I was drinking, and just for context, that was a twin flame relationship. So you can imagine the amount of inner work being triggered up, plus alcohol in the mix, plus a Reiki attunement and spiritual awakening. It was a very interesting time. But again, I wouldn't say I used alcohol to suppress things, I would say I used alcohol as a permission slip to rebel and to, I guess it almost felt like my inner teenager was like having like, (laughs) having like a tantrum or something. And I would use the alcohol to fuel that behavior and be this rebel that I wasn't in my sober, like, you know, everyday life. So it's really hard to explain, I guess, the mentality or like the, how I felt when I drank. But I, you know, as I spiritually awakened, as I had that Reiki attunement, I mean, as soon as I had the Reiki attunement, it was like, I couldn't touch another drop of alcohol. It was like, my body just rejected it. And this was actually said to us in the training of like during, I think it's, it's either 21 days or 40 days after your attunement, you might suddenly not want to eat meat. You might go vegan or vegetarian. You might give up alcohol. You might want to stop smoking. Like it's like your body purges all these intoxicities. Um, and then basically you just don't want to put crap in your body basically. Um, and again, I was very like open to that. Like I didn't go into that Reiki attunement or training wanting to give up any of those things. I was quite happy with those things. Um, but naturally alcohol was the thing. I definitely do still eat meat and that didn't necessarily feel like that had to go, but alcohol was like, my body was full on rejecting it after that Reiki attunement. So it was a really interesting time of my life where so much ego was coming up to be released, like inner work, fears, got trauma, so much stuff. And I think right before that Reiki attunement and right before I gave up alcohol, I think I probably was the worst. And I don't think that relationship was particularly making that easier. And again, I don't wanna blame that of why I would drink or why my behaviors were like that because I had a conscious choice. I was choosing to do those things, right? but I knew that I didn't like who I was when I drank. And I knew that 
it was just fueling the ego and fueling the shadow parts, but in a really unaligned way. And I didn't want to be that person. I didn't want to feel like that. I didn't want to feel like every time I drink, I have to rebel and I have to be this like person that I'm not. So that I think was the biggest wake up call for me with why I wanted to give up alcohol. And then basically what happened was I was speaking at one of my first speaking events actually. And me and my friend had booked a hotel the night before to go and enjoy London. And again, this was right after my Reiki achievement and we had booked dinner And we were like, oh, let's go to the hotel bar just quickly before and have a drink. So I had a, it was a cocktail, but basically a Prosecco glass size drink. That was it. And I didn't even finish it. I think I must have had about half, if that. And I said to Amanda, I was like, I'm going to throw up. And she was like, what? Are you okay? Like, what have they put in your drink? And I was like, I'm going to throw up. So we went back to the hotel room and I felt god awful. Like I felt like just really, really, really bad. And I knew that it was my body rejecting this alcohol, like the small teeny amount I had had in that half like Prosecco glass size, you know, cocktail. And I was like, what is happening? And like, I just felt so disconnected. I felt really like, like I was going to pass out, like really just disorientated. And Amanda was like really freaking worried about me. Like, are you okay? Like what is happening? So in the end, like I managed to like ground myself in, eat some food and felt a little bit better. So we went and got some food. And the next day was the day I had to do my talk and I felt God awful. I felt triggered. I felt so like (laughs) not prepared to give a talk. (laughs) Absolutely not. So I remember sitting in like the back room of this talk tapping to Brad Yates, like doing anything to raise my vibration and ground myself in and be able to give this talk because I was like, what on earth is happening? And like, this had never happened before. Like, let me say this. It had never, ever happened to me before. Like I've never had a hangover. And my friends always used to joke that, you know, like I was always exempt from hangovers. But again, I don't think I was ever drinking enough to really (laughs) warrant a hangover. So for me, like I was having this like huge energetic hangover, this spiritual hangover. Um, And a lot of people call alcohol like spirits because like they'll say that it's called spirits, like through a spiritual perspective because of the spirits that are able to, you know, like enter your auric field and everything whilst you're under the influence of alcohol. And I'm not sure whether that's what happened in this instance. I actually think it was my body and the Reiki achievement just rejecting it all and being like, you cannot tolerate alcohol anymore. Like you can't have this. Um, But I just feel like it was divinely the right time in my life to give this up and to be like, you don't need to do this anymore, Emma. Like you're not the person you wanna be when you drink it's not something that's adding to your life. It's getting worse. It's becoming more toxic, the behavior. And that's not who you want to be. Now you're on this spiritual path and like now you're spiritual queen. So I decided to give up alcohol. And actually it was my friend at the time's wedding, I think the week afterwards. So I think I had a glass of Prosecco, I think at that wedding. And I think that was it. That was my, I'm done. Because again, I felt awful. So I'm sure that was the time 
that was officially, I always remember the wedding was like the official point where I gave up alcohol. So that was in June 2018. And I would say just like smoking, it was actually quite easy for me to give up because I knew I wanted to better myself. I knew I wanted to be a better person and to not have that shadow and well, obviously we still have the shadow regardless throughout our whole life, but you know, like the unaligned toxic parts of that and the inner teenager kicking off and this rebellious, whatever this was. And again, it gave that, you know, inner work permission to come up. And I do believe as well that when we are that, the thing is, I know so many spiritual, like highly spiritual people who do still drink. So I'm not saying that you can't reach high vibrations and be a clear channel if you do drink, because like, you know, people can, absolutely. But for me personally, I knew that I couldn't be a clear channel or be the brightest, most like, you know, amazing version of myself with alcohol in my life because it wasn't allowing me to be a clear channel. It wasn't allowing the inner work to come up because even though I wouldn't say I was using it to suppress the inner work, I feel like just the behaviors in that time of my life was just suppressing as a whole. So I found that when I gave up alcohol was actually when a lot of the inner work came up and thank God it did. I felt like I was able to go so much deeper with my spiritual journey. And I just felt like everything got eventually better in my life through cultivating and nurturing that relationship with myself where I didn't have to feel like that. I didn't have to have like this high vibe, normal Emma self and then have this also like Jacqueline Hyde kind of like negative, toxic kind of behavior whilst drinking, you know? So for me, it was a massive relief and honestly, the best decision I ever made. Now, I've had a lot of people on the podcast over the years talk about, you know, being sober, giving up alcohol. So please go and listen to those experts speak on this. This is literally just me, myself and I's experience. And I had, you know, witnessed that it's probably you know, not everybody's story. There might generally be issues with alcohol or you might not, you know, just become sober and feel your best self. You know, it does take time. And I always say, you know, the first 30 days are really, really important with, you know, giving up alcohol. If you can go those 30 days, like you will be hopefully fine after that point. But within those 30 days, you'll notice so much. You'll notice like your skin becomes brighter, your eyes become brighter. I know that those are quite key things with when you quit alcohol. Um, Obviously a bit of weight loss, not that we should do it for that, but I know that quite a few people report a lot of, um, or a small bit of weight loss because obviously, as we know, alcohol does have calories. Um, And if you're, you know, drinking that and assess, then it all adds up, right? So not always, but some people can obviously see a little bit of weight loss with that. So those are kind of like physical things, but spiritual things, definitely I noticed that, you know, I became such a more clearer channel. My connection to the universe grew stronger. My energy protection and my energy hygiene was so much better, even a few weeks after that. And just regulation as well, regulation of myself, regulation of my emotions, emotions, like everything just felt so much better (laughs) once I had given up alcohol uh, from like a spiritual perspective because I was able to connect to my true self, regulate and align with that true self and address what was underneath there causing that misalignment before. So 
Five years on, let's talk about the five years. So like I said, I wouldn't say it was hard for me. I would say that it was the best decision I ever made and I knew that it was the right decision for me. And I I think that's what made it easy is that it was a really aligned decision of, oh my God, absolutely not. Now I've had this Reiki achievement. Now I've had those like bad instances with a tiny amount of drink, absolutely not. So I knew that I never wanted to feel like that again. I knew I never wanted that spiritual, horrible hangover I had the day of that talk. I knew that I didn't wanna repeat those behaviors and that I didn't have to feel like that as well. So I think those were my whys and those were my motives. And I think that's what kept me so on track and so aligned because I had I have my why. I had my, oh my God, I never wanna feel like that ever again moment, you know? So I think we almost have to get to that moment or breakthrough or epiphany or breakdown sometimes to be able to make that solid wholehearted decision of like this is what like this is a full body yes now because sometimes and I know I did it when I gave up smoking all those years ago this was back when I was 18 19 again working um you know I knew I wanted to give up smoking but every time I tried to without that why without that clear motive I would fall back into it and I would fall back into that social pressure, fall back into those bad habits when work was stressful. So really it was only when I had that full like, you are gonna fuck up your health if you keep smoking and you need to stop this now, that I was like, never again. And again, I think my spiritual awakening naturally helped me to make these solid decisions of like, never again. But ultimately I had to reach those breakdown points. I had to reach those points where I physically couldn't do it anymore. And I had my whys, I had my motives with that. And I think that's what's really important. So if anybody's like listening to this podcast episode, maybe you've thought about just trying going without alcohol. Maybe you were like me and you actually don't drink that much anyway. So you're like, well, will I miss it? I don't exactly drink much anyway. And I think if you're deciding whether to go sober or not, you know, or go teetotal, it's really, I think there's a lot of stigma around sober. Whenever I say to people, oh, I'm sober, they're like, what happened? She was an alcoholic. So I forget that I should say teetotal. I guess there's just so many, um, you know, resources and tools and things around sober and being sober that it's just easier to say sober, right? But um, teetotal is obviously what it is through choice. And I think naturally, you know, my generation and younger are actually becoming more teetotal by choice. And I think a lot of them may see those unhealthy relationships with their parents, or they might have those Um, situations where they're like, actually, you know what, this isn't for me. Now, the reason why I think the younger generations are not maybe turning to alcohol as much as, you know, myself as a millennial or, you know, boomers and above did, is because they are awakening a lot younger and they're more aware of their bodies, their health, they want to look after their bodies and health, whereas I just don't think we necessarily had that education. I definitely didn't when I was kind of coming of age with alcohol, so I think there is a lot more education and tools and resources around alcohol nowadays, which maybe might make people think twice. Again, that's not saying everybody of the younger generation doesn't drink, I'm sure there are people who struggle and there are people who maybe even relate to the story that I'm saying, but ultimately I've noticed as a whole that there does seem to be a more healthier relationship with alcohol in the younger generations and you will find a lot more people teetotal, um, you know, who are millennial, who are a bit younger, Gen Z. So it's really interesting to see that culture shift and change definitely. And 
I know a lot of my friends and peers have also, you know, chosen to go teetotal, whether that's for life, whether that's for a period. Um, And I know a lot of people have said to me who have been teetotal as well, you know, why didn't you just have a drink? Like, you know, you know you would be fine. And like, again, just give yourself permission to not be so rigid with your, you know, being sober. And I definitely get there. And there's definitely times where I've thought, do you know what? I think after five years, like just being able to experience alcohol again and see how I am. Not that I would want to go back to it like I did or full time, but there is a part of me that thinks, well, actually I could give myself permission to have one at some point if it felt aligned and not be so rigid of like, I will never drink it again. So I think that's my mindset now of, if I ever felt that cool, if I ever felt that need, then I can give myself that permission if I ever felt that. But last year when I had that very conversation, I definitely think I was like, I would love a drink right now. But I also witnessed that I was going through a lot of inner work at that time and a lot of things were coming to the surface. And that's the patterns that I've really noticed over the last five years is I barely even think about alcohol. I've been so like teetotal for so long now that literally it's routine. Like I don't even think about having alcohol. Like I look at the menus in restaurants and make sure there's no alcohol in the sauces. I know to some people that might be excessive of like, well, Emma, by the time they cook it is 0% anyway. And yeah, that probably is true, right? But for me, when I chose to go alcohol free, it was to go alcohol free. It was not to just not drink, but then have alcohol in other circumstances. Um, So I'm quite strict and maybe that's my Virgo self with this, but I'm quite strict with, I'll only have 0%, I won't have 0.5s. But I think again, it's because I feel it. And I, me and my partner, we went to um, a cider farm last year for his birthday and all of them, all of the alcohol freeze was 0.5s. And I was like, oh, sod it. Like, don't be so rigid, Emma. Just drink it. Like, you're here to have fun and experience it. You're obviously not going to drink full-blown alcohol. But, you know, come on. Like, let yourself off. Have a 0.5%. I felt it. And this is the thing. I feel it. And I still don't want to feel like that. So for me, it's got to be a 0% because that's the only time that I feel like, oh, okay, like I haven't drunk alcohol, that feels fine. So it may seem excessive to some people that I won't even drink a 0.5, but weirdly, I still feel it. So I think my body is just so super sensitive that I really do struggle with it sometimes. And I'm like, as much as you want to be that like, don't be so controlling, Emma, like, actually, you still feel it at 0.5, so you've just got to honour that, you know, so, again, everybody's going to be different, you might be able to drink a 0.5, because it's still classed as low alcohol, um, and be absolutely fine, but you may be like me, and be like, no, it's really got to be 0.0%, it's really got to be zero alcohol, so, again, everybody's going to find their groove with it, Um, and you might drink some things and feel absolutely fine. And then you might drink other things and not feel fine. And I think it's just finding what works for you. If you are someone, and again, this isn't, you know, relatively the best advice for someone who identifies that there is a codependency there, or there is maybe something that needs to be seriously looked at with their relationship with alcohol. Again, I'm going to link the podcast episodes that we've done here to support you with that, because the experts 
are going to be the best person to recommend some resources and tools on that for you. But for the people like myself who maybe are deciding whether to let go of alcohol for personal choice, free will choice, and you're kind of like, yeah, like I just kind of want to give it up or I'm interested to see what would happen if I gave it up, then you make that choice. If you feel good to just go 0% and nothing from day one, fantastic. You might want to phase it out. You might want to try it for 30 days and see what happens. The good thing is, is that you're in control here and you can try what fits and let go of what doesn't fit. So it doesn't, you know, have to mean that you know, how my journey or story looks is how you have to do it. Absolutely not. It's your journey. And I know Kyle Gray, for instance, um, he gave up alcohol a while ago and then drank alcohol again. And he's always someone that I've really looked up to and thought, well, Kyle is such a high vibe being, like the loveliest person. And clearly he's absolutely fine with drinking alcohol and channeling and being amazing. And then recently, you know, I've seen some zero percents that he's drinking again. So I think we can have that, you know, if it is healthy and aligned for you to do that have that relationship where you choose if you don't want to drink you don't drink if you do want to drink you drink again that's not going to be the best advice for every single person listening to this podcast but ultimately if you are maybe just questioning whether it is spiritual to drink I don't believe there's a right or wrong answer I do believe that alcohol does lower our vibration Again, that's from personal experience. So someone may be able to drink, you know, we'll use Kyle, for example, and feel absolutely fine. So if you were to ask my opinion, I feel like alcohol definitely does lower your vibration and it does allow people to suppress things and it does allow people to, again, have these maybe not so great behaviors or relationships with alcohol, definitely. But you are your best judge with that. You're gonna know if there's an issue, you're gonna know because you've probably listened to this podcast and thought, "Mm, okay, something's ringing home here, you know? So if you can sit here and say like, do you know what, actually, I think I've got a pretty good relationship. I could take it or leave it. You know, maybe you don't need to do anything and that's absolutely fine and it's probably gonna work for you, you know? But maybe you might be listening to this podcast and you're like, actually, I'm like Emma, I don't like how I feel when I drink or, Maybe I should look at my relationship with alcohol. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Maybe it's not going to help me raise my vibration and feel in an aligned space. So everybody is different. And I don't want this podcast to be like, everybody go give up alcohol because I said so. Like, I don't want that for anybody because, you know, you are your best judge. If you want to try it, then I'm going to champion that and be like, actually, it was the best thing that I ever did. I really, really recommend it. Even if you just try it for 30 days and see how your spiritual connection develops, see how your vibration is, see how, you know, your physical features like skin and eyes are. Maybe you might prefer having clearer skin or it might glow a little bit more. Again, everybody's different. Like I know some people who drink who aren't necessarily like have a devoted spiritual practice like myself and they're absolutely fine. Um, And they have glowy skin and they're fine. So I think it's more of a case of you've just got to decide for yourself what you feel would resonate with you the most and would feel the best. So with giving up alcohol, it doesn't have to be forever. It doesn't, it could just be for 30 days. You just want to try it. You just want to see if you could do it. You want to see if you might feel a little bit better. But for me, I would say it's a non-negotiable. And even though I've had those conversations about, you know, would I ever drink again? Would I allow myself one drink one time if I felt like it? I'm definitely open to all of that. I'm not someone who's like, never again, but I'm equally like, well, blooming heck, I know what I'm like with a 0.5%. So I still know that sensitivity is there. And for me, I just don't feel the needle wants to, in all honesty, because there are so many fantastic alcohol-free alternatives now. Like five years when I first, you know, went teetotal, um, there were barely anything, like barely anything. And I really, really struggled. And I think those years were probably the hardest because all I could drink was like Coke when I went out um, or like a J2O. And I guess I just really missed having a nice tasting drink and like having something a bit special, you know? So I think those years were the hardest with it just because of choices. Um, But actually I would say in the last two years, the choice of alcohol alternatives in supermarkets out and about has, oh my God, got so much better. So I can just walk into a bar, have a completely 0% rosé and freaking love it. I can go to my local supermarket and get the most delicious 0% rosé, no secco, um, M&S are a really fantastic 0% Prosecco as well. So there are so many different choices. Um, the other day I went out for lunch and they had mocktails. So again, like I don't really nowadays, like the last year or two have issues with like finding a nice drink or treating myself to a nice drink because they're there, which is great. So I think now we've got the choice and there is those alternatives. The only thing I genuinely miss is a Di Serrano and Coke. Oh my God. I love Di Serrano. And um, I contacted Spencer Matthews. I think it's Clean Co. I think it's called. He's got an alcohol-free brand. 
And I said, oh, do you do any amaretto? Because I that's the one thing I can't find 0% and I really miss it. And they were like, no, we don't, but like, we'll definitely think about it. Like, thank you for sharing that. So I really hope that they do do it or some company does a really good alcohol-free amaretto. And if you are in the UK and you have any recommendations, please let me know because the one thing I would love to be able to enjoy is an alcohol-free amaretto and Coke um, or Distorano and Coke because... Oh my God, it's the best. And Long Island iced teas. Oh God, I miss them. I miss them so bad. <laughs> but for me, I'm like, there are so many other drinks that, you know, I love and that taste so good. So apart from missing my Disrano and Coke and Long Island iced tea, everything else for me, I don't really miss because I'm like, well, actually I gained so much more from not drinking and I feel so much more in alignment. Um, and I guess like the judgments and stuff were definitely something I had to work through in the beginning. Now, I guess, because everyone in my life knows and, you know, I, I barely get any judgment even from new people who come into my life or, you know, like new situations where someone doesn't, you know, know that I don't drink alcohol. So yeah, it's an interesting one. And I think definitely in the beginning, people were like, <gasps> why, why have you given up alcohol? And I I definitely remember, especially if you're a woman, I definitely remember in the beginning, there were only ever two options of why I wasn't drinking. It was either because I was pregnant or because I had a problem. And the two Ps, pregnant or problem. And I'm like, what? Like, why can't I just not drink? Because I don't want to drink. And I definitely feel like even up until, gosh, maybe a year or two ago again, there was a lot of shame and judgment over it still and a lot of like just really outdated like opinions of people of like, well, there's only two reasons why a woman wouldn't be drinking. And it's like, well, why can't there just be choice? Like, and I think it's like smoking. It was always so social. Like you think alcohol has been normalized for so many years of like everybody drinks alcohol a lot of people smoke, like, you know, why would you be giving up alcohol? Like everybody drinks. Um, so I think it was definitely maybe a generational thing, but I think just the energy of that time, even though it was only a couple years ago. Um, whereas now I never get asked it at all, ever. And even from new people who come into my life or, you know, people who don't know me that well. So I think that's very interesting that Again, I can't speak for everybody. Maybe a lot of people do still receive those comments, but I definitely noticed that conversational shift a couple of years ago where actually I don't get asked those really rude questions anymore. Um, and I think the only time I have experienced that recently is just from people who you can tell just love the alcohol and they're like, why wouldn't you want to drink? So yeah, I feel like those conversations were quite hard to start off with just because, you know, I think, I feel like if a, if a man, for instance, doesn't drink, it's all, you know, they might think, oh, do you have a problem? But they might just be like, meh, okay, whatever. Whereas, or you might think, oh, are they driving? And I just think, why is it that women can't be the designated drivers? Maybe I didn't want to drink because I was a designated driver, but no, my, always the two comments were, did you have a problem? Or are you pregnant? And I think both were just totally not needed and totally intrusive. And a lot of them came from strangers as well. Um, you know, like at weddings and social events and things. Um, and obviously those came from my family and people I knew too. So it's really interesting why 
I feel like women have those. And again, like this could just be my personal experience, but I'd be really interested to hear if anybody else has gone teetotal, whether those two things were the things that were always recommended and or like suggested that that was why you'd given up alcohol instead of just being like, I don't know, the designated driver for that evening, you know? So I feel like there are so many cultural shifts with it now which is really good really good because there is choice if you maybe don't want to drink one night and you fancy oh do you know what I'm gonna have a mocktail or maybe you're like actually I do want to give it up and I do want to try and see how I would feel if I didn't drink for a month or two again that doesn't mean you have to give it up forever um and I think as well, like now, now is probably the easiest time. And I know that I have done a podcast and YouTube video before of why I gave up alcohol, um, you know, how I'm getting on. So this is my five-year update because I haven't done one in a long time. And a lot of you asked for this update, but I think the shifts that have happened culturally since I recorded those have been huge where I don't feel there's as much judgment now. If you do want to give up alcohol, I don't feel that it's necessarily a loss because I feel like there are so many fantastic alcohol-free brands out there and there's more being, you know, formulated every single week. Um, So it's good that there's more choice. It's good that there is more acceptance from people where they're not judging people for giving up alcohol. But again, everybody's situation is going to be different. Um, You know, luckily my parents are really supportive of it, but you know, some people's parents or family might not be supportive of it. So, you know, there are going to be lots of complexities, especially when it comes to alcohol, because it may not necessarily be your relationship with alcohol. It could be someone else's relationship with alcohol that is triggered by you giving up alcohol. So there's so many things that I think alcohol does trigger off in people. And that's why, you know, there's trigger warnings on this podcast episode. There's gonna be people who maybe feel triggered from listening to this. So witness what those triggers are. What is the uncomfortableness? What is coming up within you that is making you think, hmm, maybe there is something here and actually maybe I need to look at that. Mine was really subtle. Yes, it was those behaviours and how I felt and was when I drank, but also I used it to suppress hugely because that was such a traumatic time in my life in 2018 when I was giving up alcohol. But I know that all that inner work was coming up and I'd used alcohol for years to escape, to escape and to suppress and to avoid the uncomfortable feelings that I felt in my life. You have to remember I had depression, I had anxiety all through those years. So there was a lot coming up. There was a lot I had experienced in life and a lot coming up. And I wouldn't say it was ever to the point where I felt it was a serious problem, but I was lucky that I was able to witness that and take action with that before it did become a problem because I generally think it probably would have got worse and worse and worse if I hadn't have spiritually awakened, if I hadn't have had that Reiki achievement, if I hadn't have had that epiphany of this ain't me, I don't want to do this anymore. So I guess my top tips for anybody wanting to maybe try this and say, okay, let's see, let's see what what it will bring me is, is do it your own way. Take it slow, do it your own way. Maybe just try it for 30 days and see how you get on. Maybe do a phase out if that's easier for you. And again, look at anything that's coming up around your fear of giving up. Maybe people think that people would judge them. I genuinely think people are more aware and accepting of people now going teetotal. Um, 
But yeah, you don't need to wait till January, I think it is, for to try being sober for 30 days. You know, you can do it anytime. And maybe you just want to try it for a week. You know, it doesn't have to be 30 days. And I think that's the beauty of it, that it's your relationship. It's you, it's your body. And we have to listen to our bodies and how we feel. So my journey may not resonate with you. It may not suit you. But again, it's what you make of it. It's what you take from this podcast and what you want to try because it feels aligned to do it. But remember your why. I had those whys and motivators, remember. So if you have your why and you have your motivation of why you want to try give it up or reduce your consumption, whatever, then write it down on a sticky note or a bit of paper or on your phone and have it as your wallpaper, stick it on your desk, stick it on your wall, put it next to your bed, whatever. And look at your why of why I am doing this. But I know a lot of people will be like, well, you've touched upon the whole spirit side of things because I know this is a huge talking point in the spiritual community of like when you drink, you know, supposedly you allow like negative energies and dense energies and, you know, spirits and things to like enter you. And I'm not sure I necessarily agree with that from my experience but I've definitely witnessed people where I'm like yeah there's a heck of a lot of dense energy there like they are just literally swirling in that you know so I think like yes like with anything when we're in those low vibrations definitely those things can happen for sure and you know we can open ourselves up to collective energy and you know the people around us and their energy like you know you can become a sponge for that especially if you're not energy protecting yourself having good energy hygiene and looking after yourself and your energy but that's not to say that if you had a really good energy cleansing practice or energy hygiene that you wouldn't be able to protect yourself and feel okay when drinking, you know? So I think it's more complex than just saying, it's all negative, you're letting spirits in. Like I think that's, you know, I think that's extreme, but I definitely know that that can happen for sure. Um, And I definitely don't like the vibrational energy that I was in when I drank, but ultimately I think everyone's gonna have different experiences. So I don't think you have to give up alcohol to be spiritual. I don't think you have to be teetotal to be in true alignment or manifest your dreams or, you know, like be your best spiritual queen self. I think it's totally up to you. For me personally, I do feel like it allows me to, tap into my intuition more, connect to source more clearly, be a clearer channel. Absolutely. I do witness that for me, that is what it does give me, but that may not be the case for everybody, you know? So I think it's trialing it. It's testing it. It's seeing how you feel. It's seeing if you see any shifts and see how your relationship with alcohol develops. See how it shifts and changes as you connect more to yourself, connect to spirituality. I know a lot of people who, um, you know, as they become more spiritual and awaken, they just naturally give up alcohol. Like they don't even necessarily think about it. They're like, oh, yeah, I guess I don't drink anymore, you know? So I think there's so many different stories and so many different, you know, people who are going to be turning up to this podcast, listening and resonating with different aspects, you know? So 
I am not someone who's like, you have to, you know, give up everything to be spiritual and have a clearer vibration, have a clearer this. You know, yes, if that genuinely works for you, then absolutely, like, I'm gonna cheerlead that, absolutely fantastic. But there are also so many amazing spiritual teachers I know who still drink. There are so many amazing spiritual teachers who do all sorts of things. And they are still epic in their own way, you know? So I think it's your personal relationship, it's your body. Everybody's body is gonna react differently. Some people might be like, what? Like, Emma, you're so sensitive to 0.5%, that's crazy. And it does sound crazy, right? Because it basically nearly is alcohol-free. But my body is that sensitive that I can't even do that. That's why I'm so like, oh my God, I don't wanna be having like red wine gravy because I just don't wanna feel weird when I have it, you know? So everybody's body's different. Some people are gonna be super sensitive like myself. Other people may not, right? So if you are someone who is feeling good and you're able to have a healthy relationship with alcohol and you're not relying on it, then chances are you may not need to try going teetotal. But if you are someone who's like, actually, I do feel like it hinders me sometimes. I do feel like it closes me off. I don't feel I'm able to fully embrace, you know, my high vibe self or raise my vibration or like, you know, I know a lot of people, a lot of spiritual people who will drink and then they'll have like a three-day hangover where they're just feeling like death and they're like, oh my God, I had to do so much to regulate and get myself back to a high vibe state or even just a normal vibe state, you know? So again, you are your best judge. You are your best guru and you're gonna know yourself what feels right for you. But if anybody is like, well, maybe I should try it, then try it. What have you got to lose, you know? You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain, really. Um, And at the end of the day, I just don't think we should ever shame anybody for their relationship with alcohol or shame anybody who chooses to drink if they are spiritual because there is, we're humans at the end of the day. There's no right or wrong. And although, you know, a lot of people believe that alcohol is poison and obviously like how bad it is for us. And of course, absolutely the health things do exist. We know that, right? Um, It is a toxin of some forms, but I don't believe that having one drink every now and again is a bad thing. Everything with balance, right? You know, we can't be perfect human beings where we eat clean all the time and, you know, eat super healthy and exercise all the time and, you know, don't drink, don't smoke. You know, sometimes we do just want a little treat or we do just think, you know what, sod it, I'm going to have a drink or sod it, I'm going to eat a burger or whatever and I think we should give ourselves permission to do that if it feels in alignment and if it feels good to you and it's from a place of alignment not you know a place of suppressing or emotional eating or whatever it is you know so balance is key in life balance is always blooming key with everything that we do and if there was anything that I would say from my five years of being you know sober teetotal now is it's allowed me so much more freedom and so much healing and so much positivity and connection to enter into my life, 100%. Like, I don't regret it one bit, but equally, I don't necessarily feel like I need to try it. I know Mel Wells spoke out recently about being teetotal for a while before she had her son, and then she actually drank for a little bit and was happy with that. And I think that's the beauty of it. Like, 
We can do it because it feels good to give it up, but equally give yourself permission to just have a drink if that feels good to you, you know? Like, if you have been teetotal for a while, like, for me, I know that I'm not against trying it again, but equally I'm conscious and aware that if I'm reacting to a 0.5, I may have to ease myself in if I was gonna try a full-blown alcoholic drink again. So I'm completely aware of that, but I'm not rigid with it. I'm like... I'm just gonna see how it unfolds. I'm gonna see how my relationship with it develops over the years. If I ever felt called to have one, then maybe I would, you know? And I think the only times that I've craved a drink, like I said, over those five years is when I've been going through the inner work. It's when I'm like, God, like I just wish I could have a drink right now, but I know it's the escapism. I know it's the me just trying to be like, oh, do I have to do this? Do I have to deal with the inner work universe? Um, And it soon goes. And then I'll pour myself an alcoholic free drink or, you know, make myself a nice special soft drink or whatever. And I'm fine. Like, I'm like, see, you know, you're just trying to get a quick fix here. You know, you're trying to get a quick fix. You know, you're trying to justify that if you had that drink, you'd feel better. And you know, you wouldn't. So, it soon goes when I have that rational conversation with myself. And that's been a handful of times over the years, like literally a couple of times. And I know that if I wanted one, I would have one. But I equally know, well, it's not necessarily about having like, oh, I've got five years under my belt. I don't think it's necessarily like, I wouldn't want to lose those five years and say, oh, I'm one month teetotal again. It's, it's not about dates or times at all for me. I think it's more of a case of I just haven't felt called to for the right reasons. And if I felt called to for the right reason, yeah, absolutely. I would look at that and, you know, trust my intuition with that, trust myself, trust my body. So we always have to listen to our bodies. And I think that's the most important thing here. Body is everything. Your body keeps the score. Your body tells you everything. So listen to your body, listen to yourself, listen to what feels right for you because there is no wrong or right here. Again, this podcast is not gonna be the best advice for everybody listening. So I really want you to check out those resources I've linked below and also look you know, realistically at your relationship with alcohol. How is it? Do you feel weird? Does it feel icky? Does it not feel good? Because that is when this advice probably is not gonna be the best for you. So use those tools, use those resources. I'll pop them in the description below for you. Um, Definitely worth checking. They're incredible episodes. And yeah, it's your journey. It's your spiritual journey. It's your journey. Nobody can tell you what's right for you. Like I really am proud that I've gone five years without alcohol. It feels like a really little proud moment of like, wow, like you've gone five years, that's half a decade. Um, Again, like I said, I haven't been perfect with the 0%, but ultimately I gave myself permission to have that 0.5% cider last year. And I was like, yep, nope, that doesn't feel good. So it definitely is a relaxed approach from myself, but equally I know my why, I know my motivators, and I know that what works for me and what doesn't basically. So that's the joy of it, finding that out for yourself. But, you know, like we've gone to um, cider farms over the years and, you know, I've gone to places with alcohol and it doesn't trigger me. It's just always been the lack of soft drink alternatives that have been the most frustrating in those situations. But nowadays there is so much out there that, 
I barely ever get disappointed now, you know, with soft drink alternatives or whatever alternatives. So I think it's now that there's such a better mentality around it, there's more choice, more people are accepting of it, it's becoming, shall we say, more normal. I think now is probably the best time of all the years to be teetotal if you want to be. Um, But it's your choice, your journey, and you know what's best for you. And your decisions are always going to be the best thing for what you need in that moment but also witness if you don't feel good and it doesn't feel in alignment because there's, you know, work there to do as well. There's something to look at which could really help transform your life, transform your spiritual connection. Um, And yeah, I just really hope this podcast has resonated with you. I hope it has given you a little bit more backstory into my teetotal journey um, and given you, yeah, that five-year update of where I am, would I drink again, um, and all the highs and lows over the years because it hasn't always been easy, but I do 100% believe it's been 1 million percent worth it because of the healing and the love and the alignment that I feel here and now. So thank you so much, gorgeous souls, for listening. I know this has been a long one, so thank you for staying with me. Um, if you've got any questions, of course, always pop into my DMs on Instagram at I am Emma Mumford. I'm always happy to answer anything. And don't forget, go check out those resources in the description below as well. But thank you so much, gorgeous souls, for listening. I appreciate all your views and listens. Don't forget to subscribe if you're new here, because I would love, love to see you again soon. Don't forget, you can also join my free Law of Attraction support group over on Facebook, where you can join myself and other like-minded souls, where we talk all things Law of Attraction and spirituality. I hope you have a fabulous week, whatever you are up to, and I'll see you all in my next episode, which will be next week. Lots of love. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.